bless you. We do honor our God and our Christ to Pastor Swims in his absence and to pulpit colleagues and to all of you, my father's children. It is indeed a joy and a blessed delight to have this opportunity to share with you from the word of God. I certainly do thank God for Pastor Swims. He always invites me back. Uh, I don't know if he has pity for me or what, but he always invites me back, and I'm always glad to be here with all of you. If you have your Bibles today, and I trust that you do, will you open them to John chapter 9, and let us focus in on the first three verses, John chapter 9, verses 1 through and 3. These verses will give substance to what I would like to share this morning. John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. I'm reading from the New International Version. These are the words that you will find in John chapter 9, 1 through 3. If it is your custom to stand and you can, we ask that you would. John chapter 9 and beginning with verse number 1, you will find these words. As he went along, he saw a blind man from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. I want to just talk just for a few moments from this subject. It is a ser series of sermons that we started on last week at Washington Street Church, and this series simply is titled, Your Problem is God's Opportunity. Your Problem is God's Opportunity. And the subject that we will focus in is simply, what's the cause of the problem? You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Our God and our Father, we are so grateful that you've given us again this opportunity to preach. We pray now that the Holy Spirit will speak to me and through me. We pray, God, that the Holy Spirit will now be our best teacher. Our hearts are open, our minds are ready, and we are receptive to whatever you need to say to us today. Now let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. You are my strength and my redeemer. Amen. I have discovered that from time to time, all of us experience problems from varying degrees. Some of our problems are small and the solutions are rather simple. Then other problems are major and they require time, they require effort, and they require energy to resolve. One unknown but not unwise poet has said that life without problems is a school without lessons. May I suggest that you position yourself. May I suggest that you prepare yourself because problems have a way of just showing up. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how much you go to church. I don't care how much you pray, how much you do, whatever you do. Problems have a way of just showing up. Sometimes we can anticipate them and other times they just catch us by surprise. But can I tell you that whether they catch you by surprise and however they show up, God is always the solution. 
Our problems are always an opportunity for God to show up, and not only for God to show up, but there are opportunities for God to show out. As a matter of fact, can I tell you that God is already present wherever you are, because the Bible says that God will never forsake us, nor will he ever leave us. What problems often do, it makes us aware of God's presence, because in reality, sometimes we feel as if God has forgotten all about us. The reality is that we feel sometimes that God doesn't know what's going on, that God really is not in charge. But I've come to tell somebody today that God is already present. He's just waiting for you to be aware of his presence. You see, you see, what I want you to know today is that your problem is not the end of the road for you. God has a unique way of taking what brings you hell and turning it into hallelujahs. God, God has a way of turning what you thought was going to take you out and makes that thing take you higher than you've ever been before. God has a way of taking your mess and turning it into a message that points to the Christ. Uh, for the next uh, uh, few minutes, gonna, we're going to focus in on our sermonic title where we allow God to reverse our problems into something positive and gives us a fresh start in life. Now, I know that I've got, I'm at Hopewell and everybody here has it together, but there are some folk uh, at Washington Street Church, including the pastor, that every now and then needs a fresh start. And I wonder if there's anybody in the house today that needs a fresh start. You've made some mistakes, not just this month and not just this week, but you've made some major mistakes just this morning and you need a fresh start. But can I tell somebody something today? If you will just go ahead and give God 30 seconds of praise that we all need a new direction. We all need a fresh start. And, and, and the reality is that today is your day. Uh, you got up this morning and thought maybe you'll give church one more time. Maybe you got up this morning and decided that you'll just watch the virtual service one more time and see what happens. But God told me to tell somebody today is your day. If you'll bring him a fresh mind, if you just decide to persevere no matter what, God can take whatever's your problem and turn it into something new and something great and something grand. If you just take 30 seconds today and give God a hand clap of praise right where you are, the truth of the matter is that God can turn your situation around. Is there anybody here who needs God to turn something around? Is there anybody in here who needs God to reverse the curse? Is there anybody in this place who just needs God to make you aware of his presence? Come here just for a moment and look at the ninth chapter of John. In our text this morning, John introduces us to a man that he says was born blind. John tells us that Jesus passed by a man who was blind from birth. Uh, here is another problem that does not catch Jesus by surprise nor does it intimidate him. I, can't, I need to put a pin right there. There's not a problem that you have. There's not a circumstance in your life that catches God by surprise. There's not a set of circumstances or situation that intimidates God. God is never surprised nor is he intimidated by what's going on in your life as a matter of fact 
fact, when we pray, we're just telling God what's going on. But can I tell somebody, God already knows what's going on. God already knows what has your back against the wall. God already knows what disappoints you. He's just waiting for you to speak that with your mouth and let him in. God is a gentleman. He's not going to intrude. He's not going to impose. He's waiting for you to say, God, here I am. Come do whatever you need to do. There's a word for somebody. Whatever your problem, though it catches you by surprise, it never catches God off God. I think it's important to note that the disciples, hear me now, that the disciples, not the Pharisees, but the disciples, not the religious leaders but the disciples those who were with Jesus those who should have known better those who should have understood what Jesus was all about can I put a pin there just for a second because those of us who come to church those of us who give God praise and glory those of us who take victory laps those of us who come here week after week we ought to already know what God can do and so it's oftentimes not the folk outside the church that messes what what God is trying to do oftentimes is those of us already inside the church that mess this thing up y'all ain't feeling me you see you've already seen God work miracles you've already seen God open doors you've already seen God close doors you've already seen God work his stuff in your life but when your back is against the wall you and I are the first people to go back I don't know if I'm gonna make it through this I don't know if this is going to work. But can I tell you that those of us who are connected, the Bible says that the disciples, not the Pharisees, but the disciples. And I think it's time for some disciples in 2022, for some disciples in this place to stop the whining, stop the complaining, stop acting like you don't know what God can do and allow the Holy Spirit to minister to your memory and remind you that the last time you were in a difficult situation God came through the last time that you drank tears for water God showed up and made you aware of his presence the disciples not the church the disciples not the Pharisees the disciples not the religious leaders saw this man as an unsolved problem The belief was that if someone was born with a malady or with a disorder, that it had to be because of either that individual or their parents. Some believed that a baby could sin in the womb and and others thought that this this order was for punishment for a sin that that person would commit in the future. Therefore, the disciples asked this important question. Who sinned? Was it this man or was it his parents here we are my brothers and sisters in the text like the disciples we are often fixed in on the cause rather than the solution it's right here in the text now now sometimes understanding the cause will lead us to a solution but never moving from the cause will lead us to asking the wrong questions. Who sinned? Was it his parents? Or was it him? Who sinned? And so, so, so often, you and I 
are asking the wrong questions and we therefore find ourselves in a dangerous spot. The disciples as who sin, listen to this, but they never entertain what are we going to do about the sin? Who sinned? Was it his parents? Was it him? But they never stopped and said, we see, but what are we going to do about it? Are y'all with me? You see, the disciples, here it is in the text, were looking for someone to blame rather than finding a solution. Who sinned? It had to be this man or it had to be his parents, but they didn't have a solution. And you know, we are the same way. I think too often you and I have problems in our lives and we're looking for someone to blame rather than finding a solution. You, you know, you know, you know, if I had a different upbringing, you know the system is designed to keep me down. You know, if my spouse did this or if my children did this, you know this doggone job. And the list is endless, even to the point that if the church was different, if the preacher was different, you know, it's always somebody else to blame. Can I tell somebody something this morning? If the Holy Spirit is not working or moving in your life, it, he, it may not have anything to do with your spouse, your children, your job, your church, or your preacher. It just might have everything to do with how the Holy Spirit is or is not working in your life. You know, we always want somebody to blame. And if I can blame you, then I never have to deal with the fact of what What's in me? Oh, y'all, I never have to deal with the fact with the enemy. I never have to deal with the fact of what's in me. The reality is I'm not going to talk about you. I'll just talk about myself just for a few moments because a lot of times when I look at the problems that I deal with, it had nothing to do with my wife, my children, my church, the community. But a lot of times it has to do with a lot of stuff that's going on on the inside of me we're dealing with the whole issue in our bible study at church on anger and we find out that anger is just a manifestation of some other stuff that's on in on the inside of us it's just the anger that we see is just the just just the foundation of what's really going on in our lives and can i tell somebody today i want to help you stop blaming everybody else for what is not working in your life and begin to own up because you can't fix what you won't face and if you and I don't face the fact that we've got some stuff even though we've been in church all our lives even though we tongue talking and victory walking we've got stuff that's on the inside of us even though I preach from the pulpit even though I teach from the floor the reality is is that Reynaldo Henderson is a whole lot of Reynaldo Henderson's problem now don't just me because you got to look at you for a second and you have to admit that some of your stuff has a whole lot to do with what you will or will not do the disciples were looking for somebody to blame they said who sinned was it mama or was it his daddy or was it him 
But can I tell you that the text will suggest that all of this going back and forth won't work. Blaming won't work. Being the victim will not work. Look, the text says, instead at what God can do. Don't, don't focus on whose sin. Don't focus on whose fault it was. Don't even focus too long on where you failed. Rather look at what God can do. Can I tell you that during your problems, that God can still be trusted. I just said something. Doing all of your problems, doing all of the things that make you cry, doing all the things that get you frustrated, you need to know that God can still be trusted. Because see, what the enemy wants you to do is to do everything but trust God. The thief, the Bible says, comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. But can I remind you the next part of that? Jesus has come to give you life and to give you that more abundantly. And I ain't talking about life when you die. You'll get that. But there's time for believing us to begin to enjoy life right now right here where we are I've come to give you life and the enemy wants you to think here's he what he wants you to think if God really loved you you wouldn't be going through all of that if God really loved you you wouldn't have to deal with all of that but I want you to know today that we are coming to tear the kingdom of Satan down and the way that we do it is with the word of God and the Bible not Ray Henderson the Bible says that God can still be trusted that's what you and I need to know when we're facing our problems not just a cliche. God is a problem solver. Not just something that we learned a long time ago when we were in difficult situations. How many know that God is a problem solver? Not because that's what grandma and them said. Not because that's what daddy or mommy said. But you know that God is a problem solver experientially because you've been through some stuff. You've come through some difficulties. And just when you thought you were about to throw in, give up, you saw where God was there and he had already solved the problem. When people are solving problems, one of the greatest questions that is considered is this. Is this problem worth the time or the energy to solve? Can I put a pin right there? Because you know some stuff we tripping over, ain't, we don't need to be tripping over. The things that we're putting our time and our energy into, we don't need to put our time and energy into that. Can I tell somebody, stop tripping on them co-workers at work. Stop tripping on the fact that they didn't say hello. Stop, stop, stop getting upset over the fact that they didn't speak to me. I saw them. They looked at me and kept up. That's, that's, that's nothing to put all your time and energy in. That, that ain't even nothing, excuse my lack of spirituality on this one, but that ain't even nothing to give God. Because God has already given you the power and the authority to handle that stuff. Are you with me? So you need to understand that God is a problem solver. And not only do you need to understand that God is a problem solver, but we need to ask ourselves the question, is this thing worth my time or 
my energy. You're not trying to be better than nobody else. You're not trying to be big and bad. You're just trying to reserve yourself because life is too short. And so you're not tripping over all that other stuff. This does not deserve my time or it deserves my energy. But can I tell you that nothing is too great or nothing is too small for God to handle. You see, you see, excellent problem solvers are trusted. Check this out. They're trusted by others. And you see, can I tell you that somebody is looking at your life and they're trying to see how you're handling their problems. They're trusting. See, they don't go to church and they don't talk to God as much as you do. They don't talk to God the way you do. And so therefore, their only point of reference is the body of Christ. Their only point of reference are believers who say they love God with their heart, their mind, and soul, and everything within them. So they trust what you do. Can I help you try to understand? You see, the thing is, is that you just got a pink slip but you walking around that job talking about the joy of the Lord is my strength you you, you just got laid off but you're still talking about if it had not been for God on my side you just went through a tragic set of events but you're still talking about God I love you and God I glorify you God I magnify you and so therefore people are trusting what you do and so I, I, I'm not saying that things don't hurt I'm not saying that things don't touch us I'm not saying that things don't get us frustrated because the reality is things do get us frustrated but I am saying the Bible says that we ought not weep as individuals who have no hope because the reality is it was difficult but I'm still here because I hoped in the Lord I'm still where I am because I didn't hope in what I could do but I put my hope and my trust I hear the songwriter said build your hopes on things eternal and hold on to God's unchanging hand can we just take a roll call just for about 50 seconds and talk about the last time that you built your hope on something more than what you had you built your hope on something more than you could see you built your hope on Jesus the solid rock and because you trusted him even when you could not trace him here you are today talking about can't nobody do me like Jesus can't nobody do me like the Lord well 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 can I tell you that excellent problem solvers I just said that are trusted by others so if you just indulge me for one more second I want to call the roll let us check the record and this what I'm getting ready to say to you is the testimony of Jesus just leaving Jericho I, I didn't talk I'm not talking right now about his entire ministry I'm talking about him just leaving one place going to another here we are here we are we have two blind men sitting by the road and they heard Jesus was passing by and so they cried out son of David have mercy on me here's another situation just leaving from Jericho uh, a certain man blind was sitting by the roadside begging which one each with each one of Jesus restored their sight 
You can lay your problem at his feet because he can be trusted. Every time Jesus healed, he may not have healed the way folk thought he should have healed. He may not have done what people thought he should have done. But when the dust settles, you figured out that God did the best thing and the right thing for you and for your situation. Aren't you glad you prayed and said, oh Lord, you prayed, Lord, 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 please let this man stay. But aren't you come back about a few years later and say, God, thank you for letting him go. Oh, I'm, so, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I got, a, I got a holy crowd. If your husband is here, just kind of keep, keep looking straight. Don't look to the side. Just look straight. But the reality is you thought one thing, but God knew something else. And here you are now some years later, and you're thanking God for not only what God did do, but you're thanking God for what he didn't do. Oh, come on. I wish I had one or two people who understood what I'm talking about. And so every time Jesus healed, he healed, but he did not necessarily heal the way folk thought he should heal. It just so happens that these brothers in the scripture needed sight and Jesus gave them their sight. Can I put a pen right there? Jesus never gives you what you don't need. I know you think that you need this or I know you think that you need that but the reality is our savior knows better than you do than what you really need I just need a new job I just need a, a new surrounding I just need to get out of Carbondale well let me tell you something when you leave Carbondale don't forget the most important thing you are leaving Carbondale too and you just might be the problem it's not your setting there it is it just might might be you he always gives you what you need it may be the reason that God has not turned that thing around it may be the reason God has not reversed that situation because he needs you to learn how to pray he needs you to learn how to persevere he needs you to learn how to keep on trucking he needs you to learn how to stand on the solid rock I said all that to simply tell you you can lay your problems at his feet because he can be trusted. But I want to close real nice, quick with a familiar passage coming from Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5, 6, and 7. You know it. Trust in the Lord with all my heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's good. But can I tell you that this is not just a good passage when life is difficult? This is not just a good passage when a loved one has died. This is a passage for everyday life. Here is the message. Trust God in everything and he will guide you in the right direction. I think I might need to say that one more time. Trust God in everything and he promised that he will always guide you in the right direction now I'm not trying to say anything profound but if somebody is guiding you it simply means you're following 
if you if someone is guiding you it simply means that you don't know exactly where to go or how to get there but somebody has been there experienced it and he is now taking you in the same direction and can I tell somebody we must stop depending on what we know and what we can figure out God is not impressed with our ability to articulate multi-syllable theological or philosophical phrases God is not all that impressed with your ability to do what you can do but God is impressed with your ability to put all of that stuff to side and trust him in everything thank God for your education thank God for your money thank God for where you live thank God for what you drive but when the road gets rough and the going gets tough and the hills get hard to climb you can't depend on your bank account you can't depend on what you drive you can't depend on where you live but can I tell you you can always depend on God the Bible says that we trust him with all of our heart you can always expect him to guide you in the right direction but I need to tell you this before I take my seat you and I have to trust the process because sometimes the process doesn't feel too good sometimes the process makes us cry sometimes the process makes us upset but the reality is when we come through the reality is when we finally get to the other side we'll come forth as pure gold we'll come forth better than we've always been we'll come forth with new vision with new perspective can I tell you one more time God can be trusted with your problems. God bless you.